We just come through Easter 2023 series and I want to give a big thank you to Steve. He prayed about it. He laid out the series, the speakers and every speaker that came up here. We were blessed on that journey, weren't we? And then last week, Len, Pentecost, and he kept getting pulled away from his notes and he tried to come back to his notes and the Holy Spirit kept pulling him away from his notes. And once he came out of confinement, once he came out of confinement, then things began to flow, didn't they? But only God could put all this together, you know, because that was Pentecost. That was the disciples being baptized in the Holy Spirit, powered up, because the church was about to be launched. So only God could say, next is the armor, the full armor, because you can't go into battle without being dressed properly, can you? And he's waking his church up and equipping his church. And this series is a crucial series for the next two months, for the next nine Sundays. So you've got a picture up there of armour. The full armour of God, who our fight is against, will come out today and has come out. And um, can I just say that Pentecost was God, was the Holy Spirit. It was not a denomination. It was not a leader with a doctrine. It was not a synod working out whether this is that or that's that or this is this and we should follow that. It was God pouring out his spirit on people who stepped out, having not been to Bible school, having not been indoctrinated, but they were just filled with the Holy Spirit. And they stepped out in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the word... They didn't have all the word that we'd got, but they'd got the Torah. And where I'm going to take us in Ephesians chapter 6 in a minute is Paul the Apostle. He's writing the letter to the Ephesians in AD 60. He is not a denomination. He is not a leader who's trying to punch a doctrine into people because that's what he thinks. But he's telling people what God is saying. And I don't want to hear people say, oh, Pentecost, oh, you're Pentecostal, or you're Baptist, or you're this. You're either a child of God or you aren't. And if you're a child of God, there's two things that you have to have. And Len spoke at last week. You need to be born again. You can go to church all your life. And if you haven't said, Jesus, come into my life as my Lord and Savior and given your life fully to Him, you are not saved. This is the Holy Spirit. I didn't have this. The Lord is now saying, wake up my people, wake up church. I've set the way. I am the way, the truth and the life and you have to receive me as your Lord and Saviour because I've made the way through my blood, through the cross. I'm the only one, I'm the only way. There is no other way. And you can't do it on your own. You need my Spirit. I was baptised in the Spirit, says the Lord, when I came out of the waters. I couldn't start my power ministry until the Holy Spirit had come upon me. Then he came out of the wilderness, having what? Been tested, tested, tested. By who? The devil. But the Holy Spirit drove him in there because he had to pass the test. And some of you are having to pass a test as I'm having to pass a test because he came out in the power. He came out in the power. He came out in the power of the Holy Spirit is what it says. And then he walks in and he opens the book of Isaiah and he says, I've come to do this, set captives free, open prison doors, open blind eyes, preach the gospel. And when he said this has been fulfilled in your hearing, he hit a religious spirit right between the eyes. And I think the Holy Spirit is now trying to hit some religious spirits in the atmosphere right between the eyes, dear people. And we need to stand up against every religious spirit that goes against the Word of God. And you have to go back to the basics. God started the church and He filled ordinary men and women with the Holy Spirit and everything they needed and the Word and the truth. And people like Paul really were inspired to then give us these words. So listen to this series. You must take it in. This is about personal responsibility. Personal responsibility. 
Oh, Lord, where are you going? <sighs> what we're going to do set the scene with the Scriptures because it says it all. And these Scriptures are going to come up every week from Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. And they start at verse 10. And you can read them out loud with me if you wish or I'll read them. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armour of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand... Stand therefore, having girded your waist with the truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Do you know, I was going to pray, Lord, at the front this morning. I was going to say those words that you might give me utterance, <laughs> that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. And I think the Holy Spirit has just done that. I didn't know how to start the message. He wouldn't let me get a feed in. But the Holy Spirit wanted to get the feed in, I believe, and get our attention. Because revival is in the air. Can you smell it? Are you noticing the, there's movement, the leaves on the trees, the new shoots of revival are coming because the darkness is increasing but the light is greater and is increasing and he's waking his church up, he's shaking his church, he's stirring us to get out of confinement, to get out of mindsets. I'm just going to focus on uh, verses 10 to 13 in my introduction for us for this first Sunday and I think... Uh, that will come up shortly. Finally. You'd read past that quick, wouldn't you, sometimes? Finally, my brethren. Finally is one of the most important words in this passage. The Greek for finally, for the rest of the matter, in conclusion, yes. But it also means this is so extremely important that it is held until the very end of the letter. So the most important issue of this epistle, this amazing epistle of six chapters, is at the end. And we best pay attention, careful attention to it, because Paul is saying, finally, after all this powerful stuff that he said right through to chapter 6, he's now saying, finally, listen to this, because you need to hear it. Who's he talking to? Finally, my brethren. Paul is in prison in Rome, 60, AD 60, 61. But he's speaking to the Christians in Ephesus. And he knows them very well because in AD 55, only a few years before, he set up the church in Ephesus. He ministered there for two to three years. And you can read about that on his third missionary journey in Acts 18. Uh, up to at the end, uh, up to the start of chapter 20. He knows the people. He knows the society. They're in a pagan society. And an idol-worshipping society. A society that moves about with the occult. They have very strong religious cults and sects there attacking anything that sets up. That's a lot like today, isn't it? <laughs> so he knows this, but he's writing to them. It's a letter that was called like a circulatory letter where it was going to go around several churches, not just to one Place And funny enough, that church of Ephesus is one of the seven churches that Jesus writes the letters to, tells John about in Revelation 2 and 3. 
So he wants now to alert this church. I don't know what battles they were having in the church, but he's talking to them now about some amazing things. And in the first part, someone we were speaking about unity. We were singing about unity. And Paul's letter in the first chapter is concerned, first of all, with God's plan to bring all creation together, everything in heaven and on earth. And that, uh, with Christ as the head, is in chapter 1, verse 10. It is also an appeal to God's people, that's us, as well, to live out the meaning of this great plan for the unity of the human race through oneness with Jesus Christ. In the first part of the, boy, of the, of the letter to Ephesians, which is about three, through the first three chapters, he develops the theme of unity. Have we heard unity so many times in this church? Guard unity. Guard the unity. The Lord is saying, guard it. He's speaking about unity. The way in which God the Father and the way He's chosen His people and how they are forgiven and set free from sins, their sins through Jesus Christ the Son and how God's great promise is guaranteed by the Holy Spirit. Then he goes into the second part of that letter where he really emphasizes on the oneness in Christ and that we may be real in our lives together. And there are three things he uses. The church is like a body with Christ as the head. Is like a building with Christ as a cornerstone or like a wife with Christ as a husband. And he really is into the whole grace of God, the amazing thing of Jesus' grace. And everything he does is seen in the light of Christ's love, sacrifice, forgiveness, grace, and purity. Love, sacrifice, forgiveness, grace, and purity. And we... And these dear Christians were being urged to practice the crucial disciplines of unity, purity, forgiveness, and most of all, walking in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Because that's where the strength comes from. That's where the know-how comes from. That's where the power comes from for the battle. And I would urge you to listen to Len's message of last week on Pentecost. There's a huge danger for all of us. If we go into any battle or warfare in the supernatural, we're gaping holes in our lives. In our flesh, our flesh nature and our, our old natures have to be crucified. If there's a gap, the enemy's going to be in. And you are going to get wounded or even possibly killed. And even more scary, you going down could take down others and even the church. This is serious stuff. Listen to the messages, go back over them, pray about what God has shown you in this. And as I said, the Lord talked about personal responsibility is key. Someone hates unity. He hates it. He loses it. And his name is Satan, the devil, known as Lucifer before. He hates unity. He hates people loving God. He hates us loving one another. He despises it. And he wants to destroy it at every opportunity. And people say, well, I don't understand, you know, I hear what you're saying. But I said, just look at man. Just look at the behavior of man. And the Lord took me to this just before I came out. Uh, I suddenly put it down. The, the Great War, yeah, the First World War, the Great War. We're in the greatest war that's been going on for thousands of years. That was a great war. This is the biggie that we are all involved in. But that First World War, we know, those of who know history, that was the assassination of the Austrian Archduke Franz Ferdinand in 1914 that set off, listen, a chain of events that led to war in early August 1914. The assassination was traced to a Serbian extremist group that wanted to increase Serbian power in the Balkans by breaking up the Austro-Hungarian Empire, his division. Germany sought to break up the French-Russian alliance and was fully prepared to take the risk that this would bring about a major war. Some in the German elite welcomed the prospect of beginning an expansionist war of contest. The response of Russia, France and later Britain were reactive and defensive. We are working in a reactive, defensive mood against a devil who was a created archangel called Lucifer 
Just think, he's the top archer archangel. He's in the throne room of heaven. He's in charge of worship. He's amazing. Yet in him comes this little seed that he wants to be equal to God. They wanted more power. They wanted more territory. There's two fights going on on this earth and they're God and the devil. And they both want the same thing. Territory. God wants his people back. God wants that back which he created in the way it should be. But the devil wants it for himself and have the power over it. And he doesn't care how he does it, but he wants to rule and reign. And I'm telling you, as I studied this through and was looking at things, and they take you to Isaiah 14.12. Isaiah 14.12 is where there's this parallel that's clearly talking about the fall of Lucifer in heaven. And listen, five times. I will ascend to heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself the most high. I will, I will, I will. What do you hear out there nowadays? I will, I'm going to, I will. I don't hear your will as much. It's either I will, my will. Jesus said, not my will, Father, but yours be done. And that's why we're here saved, delivered and healed. Because he humbled himself before God. But this archangel has decided to rise up against him. And even more, when you read what happened in the First World War, when you read in Ezekiel 28, the Lord is speaking here and he brings out this person called the Prince of Tyre and he then brings out the King of Tyre. And when you read it, clearly the first one is a man, the Prince of Tyre, and suddenly the King of Tyre begins to, hang on, this is someone a bit different. And it says, King of Tyre, you were in the Garden of Eden. You were the anointed cherub. You can only be talking about one, can't he? The devil. You were blameless in all your ways from the day you were created until, until iniquity and guilt were found in you. God said to Cain, sin has crouched at your door. Do something about it. He warned him. And he didn't. And anger came in and jealousy came in and he killed his brother. Straight away, when the devil was slung out of heaven on earth and he takes a third of the angels with him, he is out to destroy everything to do with God. He still thinks he can take over. You only have to look at what happened with Adam and Eve. You only have to look at uh, what happened then with brother against brother, with Cain and Abel, to see how that pride and that jealousy and that power craze had got in to the human race and is poison. Pride is poison. Self-pride. And I read, which I thought was brilliant, human ambition has got two legs. Envy, pride. If your ambition is not coming from the Lord and his plan and purpose for your life and you're driving along with your own ambition and you don't care who you walk over, who you push aside, who gets hurt, how many thousands died in the First World War? Because of pride. Power, crazy pride-filled people. And that weren't the people, that's the problem. And we focus on the people. My message today all over, I kept putting, we're not fighting people. We're fighting demons and the devil. They're real. And they want to divide us. They want to divide marriages, families, work colleagues. They want to divide even football teams. When they all go wrong, they say there must be something going on in the changing room. Normally is. They're all falling out with each other. Division. Pride. I'm better than him. I'm better than him. You know, I put this, I said to the Lord, what shirt should I wear? You know what I'm like with shirts. And this shirt came out of the cupboard. And he said, if nothing else, this is the battle between light and darkness. Light and darkness. Light and darkness. I wish I could wear a white shirt, Lord. Well, we need to fight. Because this is like looking at Norwich. There's the dark, the black of where the evil is, but there's white breaking out all over it. Because God is on the move with his people in his churches. He is. He is, but the enemy is up to getting us divided. And this is what he uses, the devil. Before I go into just taking us into some more of that scripture, just to fire us up before we leave. Slander, anger, deception, fear, bitterness, hatred, gossip, unforgiveness, strife, rebellion and pride. 
you probably can think of some more things. This is the ingredients he will use. They're the ingredients. He's the father of lies. He's the slanderer. He's full of pride, jealousy. I've told you that. And he will begin to try and find a way in to you. To who? Who's he going to do it to? People. He'll put a thought in. He's trying to get in here. He's trying to get in here. This is the battleground. This is the big battleground. I'm not going to do about the helmet of salvation. That's someone else's job. But this is the battleground. What are you doing with those thoughts when they're coming in? Are you stamping on them with this and the truth? Or are you taking on, oh, you're a failure. You're never going to amount to anything. Oh, yeah, I, do. I am. I feel a bit of a failure. Next person who talks to you will compound that and tell you you're a failure. The teacher will tell you you're a failure. Your parents will tell you you're a failure because the enemy is working it. He's working it. He's trying to penetrate in here. He's always after a pathway in. This is why we've got to deal with the armour because all that armour, the whole armour is essential. You can't pick and mix the armour of God. You can't just think, well, I'll just concentrate on faith or I'll just concentrate on righteousness. You have to have the full armour on because if not, there's a gap. If not, you're not able to pull on anything. And if you want some examples of the full armour, Jesus Mark chapter 5 I went to for this one. There's three versions when he went to the Gardarene. What does the armour look like? You can't see it, can you? You can't see my armour. Let me tell you what the armour looks like. Because Jesus is always the best example. In Mark chapter 5, he's told them this cross over the other side of the lake. The disciples are in the boot. Up comes a storm. He's asleep. He's not bothered. They're panicking. They're in fear. They wake him up. And he says, peace be still. End of storm. Armour. Faith. Word. God's, Jesus is operating in the armour. He tells them off for new faith. Where's he going? He's going to an island or a, a part of the shoreline where there's the Gardarene, the guy who's completely mad in the tombs. Who's driving him mad? The red, red electricity bill? No, the devil's driven him mad because the poor chap has had demons getting into him and getting into him and he's driven out, he's in the tombs, he's naked, he can't be chained, he's too strong, he's all this, he's all that, and everyone's scared of him. Up comes Jesus in the boot and he's not even said anything to him. And you read Mark chapter 5, what happens? The man comes and falls down in front of him and with a loud voice, the voice that comes out is the demon of think, I implore you, Son of God, Most High God, I implore you, do not torment me. And Jesus just says, come out of him. Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And then Jesus does this. What is your name? What is your name? And he says, Legion, because we are many. Let me tell you something. The devil does not like the deliverance ministry. He does not like preaching on spiritual warfare. He doesn't like the deliverance ministry because it exposes his darkness and he'll try and snuff it out. Jesus operated in all three things, saved, delivered and healed. And here he's saying, what is your name? And he says, Legion, for we are many. So what? <laughs> he's Jesus. He's been to the cross. He's flung the devil off. And he just says, come out of him. And just to make the point, they say they don't want to go to the abyss before their time. And he, they says, can we go in the pigs? Now, why would you bother to note in here there are about 2,000 pigs? Because the enormity of what had happened to that man. And let me tell you this. Yes, Christians can have demons and be tormented by demons. No, they can't. Yes, they can. I'll give you my testimony as a Christian. Now, you might not be possessed like the madman. But if there's flesh, if there's a door open... You will be tormented or oppressed is a better word and you will be getting messed about with and there are people here who could, have, could come up and give testimony even in the last weeks who have been set free at the front of the church. But no one really realised, did they? There was no fuss and bother but things were being told to go and there was a manifestation as things left. So Jesus is not showing you any armour when he stands there. He's got his robes on. But he's standing there in the full armour because he is it. He is truth, he is righteousness, he is faith, he is the word, he is the gospel of peace. He is everything. Well, that's Jesus, you say. Well, let's have a look at David. King David, 
There he is, shepherd boy. It's all he's got on, shepherd boy stuff. And he goes to the battlefront, and who's scaring the, the wits out of the big army with the king of Israel? Goliath, on their land. Do you know, the devil has got into our land, and he needs to get off. I'll help you with that just in a moment. David convinces Saul, I can go and fight him. And this is what David says as he's going towards him. You come at me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. He's just declared who he's got. The battle belongs to the Lord. This day, this day, he's now speaking some words of faith and prophetic now, isn't he? This day, the Lord will deliver you. You haven't seen a sword and a shield in his hand or anything. The lad's in his shepherd gear and a sling with a stone in it. This day the Lord will deliver you. Who's going to deliver him? Into his hand. The Lord. The Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take off your head from you. And this day, this is in 1 Samuel 17, 45, if anyone wants to look at it later. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all the assembly, at verse 47, shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And he did. And I tell you, when he slung that stone, I just wonder if that got nuclear power attached to it, because it whacked into that giant's head pretty good. But he'd already decreed what was going to happen. And he knew his weapon. He knew what to do. But you didn't see David in armor, but the guy is operating in the things of God. Well, how's, how do we get the armor? It comes from God. All of it. If we put up the scriptures, please, Jew. Let's, Paul does something before he ever talks about the devil and the armor. He starts by saying, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Strong is the word in Greek, dunamis, really comes from the endunamu. Endunamu, yes? A power designed to infuse empower a believer with an excessive dose of inward strength. Who wants an excessive dose of inward strength? How many physical bodies here need an excessive dose of inner strength? Mine does. A power so strong that it can withstand any attack and can successfully oppose any kind of force. It is a superhuman strength. Samson. Read about Samson in Judges 11. He was endued with superhuman strength. Where did he get that from? The Lord, the Holy Spirit came upon him when he was doing what he should be doing. This is the other thing about being obedient and staying true to the Lord. Then uh, God has made this strength available to you and me. When you look around in here and you think, well, this doesn't look much of an army. You've got the Holy Spirit in you. You're lethal. You're dressed you're dressed to drive out demons and push the devil out of the land. And I'll tell you, you keep standing for your husband. Because he is coming out of captivity. And he's coming out of light, out of darkness into light. Because you are standing in the gap. And if you can't do anything else sometimes, Linda, because it all gets too much, you saw it, stand. Because you're not standing on your own. You're standing and beside you is the Lord. And he says, this is my daughter. And he'll be pointing at something dark. And all you have to do is what dad's taught you to do. Your father in heaven has given you the words. I'm praying for my husband and he is going to be saved, Lord. I'm boldly coming before your throne of grace because I'm a child of God and I have everything that you've given me and I'm praying him in. And we're praying your husband, Alan, isn't it? We're praying Alan in. He's coming in. In fact, he's got no choice. He might be doing this and his heels are going, and the, but God's reeling him in. <laughs> you keep standing in the power of his might. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Hallelujah. You stood up then. That is, that is so prophetic what you've just done. You've made a stand. You've stood and you are clothed in the armor of God. Remember, all of it, all of it, all of it, all of it. My gosh, power, kratos. Be strong in the Lord and in the power. Kratos, K-R-A-T-O-S. Demonstrated power. Eruptive, tangible, outward manifestation. It's the power that is working behind the scenes to energize us for our combat with unseen powers. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. 
The same power when God went, heavens, earth, flood, Sodom and Gomorrah, gone. Wiped it off the earth. Same God, same power. Same power that said, let's put Jesus, you're going in Mary's womb. That big powerful God places a little baby, keeps him safe. He goes to the cross, he raises him from the dead, comes out of the tomb. And then there's a mighty rushing wind in the house, the upper room where they are, and in comes the power of God. And it lands on each one of them. And they're energized with this power that's working behind the scenes because God's about to launch his church. And we are that church. And we're still going forward in the name of Jesus. We're still going forward, devil. Look, we're still walking. We're still here. One church, Norwich Elam, still here. You're still here. You're still here. Why? Because God has said so. Not the devil, not the society you're in, not your teacher, not your mum and dad. God, for such a time as this, for such a time as this. And you are lethal and he wants you out of it. The devil wants you out of it. Well, tough. I thought this would take about seven days, this message. I've whittled it down to four, so you're all right. Paul knew before he could really say to the Ephesian Christians, you're going into battle. You need to know this. The power, the strength of who? His might. His might. You are talking about might in the Greek as like a muscle man. You know the big muscle men? Very strong, very powerful. And Paul is bringing it to that. To get this picture to them. Goodness me, Holy Spirit, where are we going? In the power of his might. Might. Is there anyone, is there anything or any problem more powerful or mightier than God? You're not too sure. Is there anyone, anything or any problem more powerful or able or mightier than God? Hallelujah. Put on. Put on the whole armor of God. How do you put on the whole armor of God? Some people like to wake up in the morning and say, I'm putting the helmet of this on, putting that on. You shouldn't have it off. This battle is 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He might not come at you every day. He might not come at you for a year, really come at you, but he's seasonal sometimes when it's key to him to take you out. But you need your armor on. Who gives you the armor? God. When does he give you the armor? Lord Jesus. I know I'm a sinner. I don't understand all, but I know you died for me. Lord, I need you. I just ask you to come into my life. Lord, I read here, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Tongues is for today. If anyone's got a problem with it, come and talk to me and I'll just take you straight to the scripture. He's never, ever said tongues was just for the disciples in the upper room. Never. If you haven't got that, you ain't got the armor on. Because he endues you with power. That's the word. He's enduing us. The act of putting on a new set of clues is what it means. Put on. You are endued with the power from on high. He tells us to put on the new man and the new woman. So we need to get rid of something then, don't we? We've got to get rid of the old. This again is written as a command. These words are not a nice little introduction saying you might like to do this. He's actually commanding this. There's an urgency, and I've got this urgency in my spirit, and I'm trying to make sense of it, and it's coming through now. Because in the morning, when I got up this morning, and I laid my clues out, I didn't stand there going, come on, clues, I need you on. Come on, get on me. Get on me. I need you on. No, I had to do something. I had to pick them up, and I had to put them on. Put on. And take off the old. Take off your bad attitude and sling it. Paul tells us to do it. But we can't put the armor on in the natural. We have to say, Holy Spirit, I need you. And you'll get the lot. Because he is it. He is the truth. He is 
Paul is looking at a Roman soldier when he's writing this. And, and panoplia is the Greek word. It means a soldier who is fully dressed from head to foot. Seven pieces. And I think the picture we had up may show six. Because prayer he talks of as prayer. But when I just tell you what these soldiers had. They had the loin belt. The truth. They had the breastplate. Righteousness. They had what was described here as brutal shoes. People think they were just sandals, but they put pieces of metal on those shoes. They were a weapon as well for those Roman soldiers. The gospel is a weapon, you know. When you speak the gospel, it starts to hit the darkness. So he says they got these shoes on. The gospel. Massive full-length shield, faith. Intricate helmet, salvation. Piercing sword, word. And Holy Spirit. And then, tucked in here, they could pull out a lance which was a specially tooled lance, a throwing lance. Now listen to this for prayer. <laughs> it could be thrown at a tremendous distance to hit the enemy afar off. Is that prayer? Intercessory prayer? <laughs> so there you are in your full armour. You've got your shield up. You've got your sword out. But the enemy is a little bit of a... But you just go, in the name of Jesus, get out. And that's what he had. Seven pieces as, as described on a Roman soldier. God has done that for us in spiritual form. God is, our relationship with God is crucial for putting it on and keeping it on. And we've got to remain in that unbroken fellowship. Now you know why the battle is on to try and get you away from church. Why the battle is on to keep you away from your word. Why the battle is on to keep you away from worship. Why the battle is on to keep you away from fellowship and with others. Because he's trying to break your fellowship with God. Because there'll be a chink in the armor. There'll be a chink in the armor and he'll get in. When I was in the police service, we had to start training as riot police because there were people doing things they shouldn't and taking over land they shouldn't and being on streets when they shouldn't. So I went into the storm and I stand at his big table and he goes, by name, PC, Malcolm Reeve, boom. And he puts it in front of me. Helmet, crash helmet, flame-proof overalls, belt to put equipment on, boots that have got steel tool caps and a fire-resistant, I didn't have the shield there because they're that tall. But you have a shield. You've got your bat on. And you've got your body armor. <laughs> now when we've got the rioters in front of us throwing petrol bombs and saying they ain't going and they want to kill us, that's what they feel like doing. We didn't go, what should we wear today, Sarge? Oh, we should be all right just with the helmets on. The lot. When we went there, if, can I just have the scriptures up again, please, uh, Joe? Put on the whole armour that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So here I am, fully kitted, like the Roman soldier, with my shield, and I'm standing. And so is the person next to me. And so is the person next to me. And so is the person next to me. That word stand means like a whole army standing in one united front. But that's how we are seen when we are standing in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in the armor of God. When the devil looks at us, we are standing in a united front with the Lord with everything we need. And we need to start believing that. But you put two, one can put away, what is that, a thousand? And two can put away ten thousand. God's arithmetic's wonderful. What's three going to put away? We must stand together. I don't know what goes on in people's minds sometimes, but we have to decide, is this a God or isn't it? And if it isn't, out. And in heaven, just think, angels had been in the presence of the Most High God. They'd been in the presence. They knew all about God, the splendor of heaven. Yet Satan managed to convince them that he could do more for them. And he took a third of the angels. And we're not talking about a couple of hundred here. We're talking about billions. How did he entice them? Putting discontent in their hearts. Anyone get discontent in their hearts when they're in church? Sometimes be careful. Because that is a way in for the enemy. Discontentment. The angels got discontented. And when it was time, they didn't think, oh, he's in trouble. We're staying here. They went with him. They're still down here. They're the demonic forces down here. And sadly, they're in structures. Okay? 
when it, the wiles of the devil, we don't need to go too much now into that. That's, he uses deception. He uses lies, half-truths, accusations. He'll use anything he can. That's what wiles is, or the devil. We've told you who the devil is. We do not wrestle. Wrestle. That word wrestle, if you study it out, Paul is actually talking about a gymnasium that they had in cities where they did boxing and wrestling and got fit. But in the palestra, as it was called, this was a fight to death. This was a fight to get your opponent to submit, and there were no rules. <laughs> if they won in the boxing and they won in the wrestling, they went into a third competition where they could have cudgels with spikes in and whatever they wanted to go in there, one against one, they're the strongest men, and now they're going to fight each other. And fighting, wrestling is face to face, it is in your face, isn't it? That's what we're doing. We're fighting face to face. Now, the devil is deadly serious about getting us into submission and smashing God's church. And those two guys in that palestra, uh, one is determined to take the other out. Whatever it takes. No mercy. Ruthless. Ruthless. The enemy's ruthless. He's not some little red painting with two horns and a pitchfork. He's a killer archangel. But God's restrained him. God's more powerful. 1 John 4, 4, what does it say? He that is in us, God, is greater than he that is in the world. That's all you need to remember. Paul is saying all this. He wants us to be able to stand. I said to Linda, stand. All you can do sometimes is stand against things. And we've said about the devil. Do you know what? He's really, really after the call on your life. How many people have had their call, their ministry derailed? Look back, when it happened, look what crept in. Investigate it, because it could be a weak spot, and it'll come again, he'll prod it again, he'll prod it again, he'll prod it again. Mark had help sent in the nick of time, because the devil was prodding again, wasn't he? Started in your mind, prod, 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 because if he can get a stronghold in here, he's got you in prison. Jesus said, I've come to set the captives free. And that's our job now. He sent us out to do the same. We had the Great Commission in the series we've just done. What are you going to go out with? Attract? Yeah? But you're going to go out in a whole armour of God. You can't just go out and do it. You're cannon fodder. If you sent a rookie police officer out with half his equipment on, we'd be dragging him back to the first aid tent. That quick. You had to be trained, you had to be sharp, you had to be knowing what you needed to do. And we need to get serious again, dear brothers and sisters, in the word, in what God is saying to us. But God has said this, the devil might be after the call on your life and it might have got derailed, but God has said he's going to complete that which he's begun in you. But there's a fight on. And we need to fight for each other. We need to be in the armour. We don't wrestle. I've told you about the lethal wrestling in this house of sports. And right quickly... The, the ultimate game of the enemy is to drive in the, in the battle in this gym was to drive your opponent into submission. Drive them into submission. How many of you said, I can't take any more? I can't take any more. Don't let them words come out of your mouth. When you start saying, I can't take any more, there's a pair of ears listening to you. All right. More pressure, more problem. And when you start saying, Lord, not by might, not by power, but by your spirit, I can do all things through you who strengthen me. He told you this morning, you're not alone. You're not alone. His everlasting arms are there around you, underneath you. The blood of Jesus. Whatever you need to shout. And if you've got nothing else in the armory, shout Jesus. Shout Jesus. He is trying to drive us into submission. The devil's serious. And the problem here is, now this is the... Quickly, principalities and powers... If you think there are archangels, the next ones down are fairly big. They haven't changed position. They are in the highest seats of power. They've been there since ancient times. They're chief. They're superior. Uh, David, Daniel was praying, if you remember, and he, he, the angel eventually got to him said, I came straight away, but it took 21 days because I was fighting with the prince of Persia. The prince of Persia is a demon, strong, big one, a principality. And archangel Michael had to come and help him. That's the, this is what's going on up here. And our prayers are crucial. And our standing in faith is crucial. Our standing in unity is crucial. Ancient demonic powers, they have rank. They have seats of power. And they've been there for ages and ages and ages. 
We mustn't get complacent. We mustn't treat them like, oh, they're just that's the darkness and the demons. We need to get serious about our enemy. The powers, they've received a license, this next layer, to do whatever they want to do, wherever they want to do it. They're rooming spirits. They have delegated spiritual authority by the principalities. And once they receive this power, they are now rooming over the earth, doing whatever they want to do, wherever they desire to do it. He sends them out like army battalions. He sends them out. They've got missions. Look, Norwich, Tory Street, that blinking light is on bright again. Snuff it out. We will be under attack. So we need to repel it. When you stand as an army... You can stand because you're saying you're not coming any further, but Goliath was on their land. So David thought, get off. And when the commander says to us, move forward, we start moving forward, even if it's one step at a time, but we are going to drive the enemy back past a certain line that we've decided. You are going back. And if we go into our house and we kick the door in and we go in with all our stuff, we say, you are coming out. That's the authority. This has got to be the Holy Spirit. There is an authority in me at the minute that we have to walk into someone who's addicted and say, in the name of Jesus, addiction, go in the name of Jesus. Go in the name of Jesus. If that lady just needs some help, then someone needs to go. I can't. This is the Holy Spirit now. And he's exposing darkness. Rulers of darkness in this world. The Greek word there talks about a military boot camp. This is the raw power. This is the raw power, like us recruits were, being harnessed. And that level of people, once they've been trained and they're harnessed, they're organized. They're ready to be deployed and they're dispatched to attack. God, uh, the devil, sorry, works just like an army. Spiritual wickedness in high places. Describe someone who has a malevolent intent. They don't just want to hurt you. They want to destroy you. They're insidious. They're violent. Once demon spirits are trained to do what they are to do, they're locked on. And John 10.10 says the devil came to kill, to steal, and to destroy. That's their motto. But God, Jesus, came to give us life in abundance. Just about there, hallelujah. Evil spirits do not do what they do haphazardly. They will attack. John 10.10 Paul's not doing this to scare us. He's doing it to prepare us. We must remember that. Let's just move down quickly. Take up the whole armour, having done all to stand. We have more authority as one Christian than the devil. And this minister said, Lord, why is the enemy winning so many victories? And the Lord said to him, the Lord said, the devil is something that the church does not have. Sorry, that the church, yeah. Commitment, organization, and discipline in many places. And he says, the Lord was saying, the church can't even decide if it's going to show up on a Sunday service or submit to the authority of the pastor or regularly read the Bible. Some Christians They love the Lord, but very often the church is disjointed and lazy and uncommitted. Say it as it is, but its actions show that it is not committed. The Lord said to him, when the church matches the commitment, organization and discipline that the devil has, you will put him to flight. We have more authority than the devil. We have more power than the devil. And as a disjointed unit, we are ineffective. But as a a joined unit uh, of unity, we are very effective. And God has been urging us, unity, protect the unity, protect the unity. So, a call for us as personal responsibilities to become committed, to become organized, to become disciplined, to be praying, to be in our word, to hear what the Lord is saying. People are obedient to Len this morning and great testimonies came out that encouraged us all. And we had testimonies of what the Lord had done. And when we get to the end, verse 13, Wherefore, I think it says therefore there, doesn't it? Therefore or wherefore. Wherefore is in the light of everything. In the light of everything I've just said to you, Paul is saying, in 10, 11 and 12. 
in the light of the fact that you have spiritual power, in the light of the fact that God has given you a complete set of weaponry and the devil is against you, in the light of the fact that there is a wrestling in front of you, a very intense combat, in the light of the fact that the devil's forces are so highly organized, wherefore, is saying, in the light of all these things, take unto you the whole armor of God. Then he begins to tell us how to use that armor to drive evil out of our lives. And that's what you're going to go into over the next weeks. And Ecclesiastes 8.4 says, Where the word of the king is, there is power. So I pray that the word, Lord will release his word and his power in our lives today. Lord, I just pray that Somehow you've put together all that, Lord, to make sense this morning. And if you haven't, Lord, if I haven't, then, Lord, you would turn it around in people's hearts and minds that the truth would line up, Father God, and the revelation would burn in their hearts and their minds and their spirits, Lord, that we would get serious. We would get organized. We would get committed. We would get disciplined. Because, Lord, we had to know in my days who the enemy was, what they were up to, what they were equipped with, and what we were facing. And once we knew that, Lord, we could prepare ourselves in the natural and so it is in the spiritual. You've told us who he is. You've told us how he does it. You've told us what demon structures there are and what they're about. But you've told us that you, you, the battle belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord, not by might, not by power, but by your Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit is in us. The Holy Spirit is here for anyone who hasn't got him and need to have that infilling or to come back and have that recharge that recharge, you know, sometimes we just need a recharge. Hallelujah. Len encouraged that last week and I'll let him close this out in case he feels there's more to be said. But Lord, I just pray right now for everyone here listening in this uh, church and on tape, Lord, over the weeks to come, Lord, that this truth would just penetrate, Lord, and we would come out of confinement into that broad place, Lord, because we know that's where the blessing is. Lord, that we would have that boldness to speak, that boldness to go, that boldness, Lord, to reach out and take hold of those captives and bring them back, Lord, into safety, Father God, that you would direct us, you would show us where to go, you would tell us what to do, Lord, and that we would first of all before we take a step into any engagement Lord would make sure that we are in relationship with you and we're filled with the Holy Spirit and we've been praying and we've been worshipping and we've been reading the word Lord because we then know that our armour is on every piece is in place every piece that is needed Father God and there are no gaps there are no gaps individually there are no gaps in this church Lord because I just sense Lord that the unity is increasing in this church and therefore you are about to command such a blessing such a blessing that this church has never known and cannot contain but the key is unity and we know who's after the unity but it is not going to succeed because we are choosing today as a church to stand to stand in the power of your might to stand fully clothed in your armour to stand against the wiles of the devil to stand against these schemes in this society and Lord as we start to get strong and in the victory then we can go out of that door and start to bring in the captives and release them Lord from the prisons that the enemy has held them in Lord, hallelujah I just sense that you are calling this church into action and you're calling us Lord to start to get serious Lord about the fight like we never have done before hallelujah hallelujah